have also come to this hallowed spot yeah. to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Installment of the urgency of now. This is a podcast about call to action, specifically around things like police reform, systemic racism. Uh, and I'd like to introduce you to my buddy James Harlan. Uh, I invited James here very specifically because I was able to watch him on Facebook kind of self-actualize, and some of the things he was putting out there were pretty heavy. And I don't think a lot of people appreciated but it did show that he was going through some type of transformation. So, James, how you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me, and uh, I'm honored to be here. Excellent, excellent. I appreciate it, man. What I'd like you to do is just talk to a brother. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Just, just be straight with me. Tell me what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Uh, tell me how everybody's reacting. Uh, and then, you know, we'll have a discussion about it. That sounds great. Why do you think Americans are so careful about speaking about race? Uh, I think there's a bunch of reasons for that. I think we've been somewhat conditional into being afraid to speak out. And I think I see a lot of that in my community now that I have spoken out and I have made myself vulnerable out there to my friends and family who I'm sure they've always known how I felt about things. But this time around, you know, this stuff seems to happen to us about every decade or so. And this time around, I just wasn't willing to say, well, you know, I'm not a racist, so I'm not going to worry about it. This time around, I wasn't willing to do that. And I think once I started to come out and talk about, wait a minute, there is something that I should be doing that I haven't done in the past. You know, the perception of that was that I was taking some giant leap when I really wasn't. Hmm. It was, it was a, a situation where I, I had to have some help from my friends, I had to have some help from my family to get to where I am now. Um, but it wasn't a big stretch for me. So that fear that, uh, you know, what is my social group going to think? What are my friends at, at work going to think around the water cooler? You know, what is my family going to think if I, you know, speak out about something that maybe I haven't in the past? I think those themes, Darren, are what have led us to this sort of muffled environment that we're living in. And it's just not okay anymore. Yeah. You feel like you were guilty of kind of avoiding those conversations in the past? Absolutely. Really? Now, I have always had the conversations with my friends, um, but I was never blasting these sorts of things out on social media before. I mean, probably because it didn't exist, but, you know, you're able to speak to a much wider audience on that platform than you are just talking to your buddies in the duck blind or fishing or surfing, whatever I was doing. Yeah. Of course, we all agree on these things. But when you put it out... Um, out there and make yourself vulnerable to other people's criticisms of it, you know, you can learn a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what happened to me. My next question is, you talked a little bit about meditating and searching, mm -hmm. right? Which, I, which I'd imagine is a bit of a process that you went through mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that I think a lot of people could probably benefit from. Describe that process for me. Uh, I, I'm happy to. So I got to give a little bit of background about myself and where I'm from to put it into context. So uh, you and I both grew up uh, neighborhoods that were very close together in, in South San Diego uh, from National City. 
uh, was born there at Paradise Valley Hospital, went to grade school, middle school, and high school there in National City. Uh, my family did move up to Chula Vista when I was about, I don't know, eight or nine. Mm -hmm. um, but that's always the community that I identify with, Chula Vista, National City, Paradise Hills, Spring Valley. That's where we're from. It's an extremely diverse community. Uh, there's kids from every type of, of background, every type of culture, every type of, of uh, you know, opinion about life. I mean, we were all living together that entire time. So for me, diversity wasn't anything new. It was the only thing that I knew. So when this kind of stuff is going on, I'm frustrated, I'm heartbroken, frankly driven to tears by what I saw on the television, uh, immediately I'm going to think that all lives matter because that's all that I know. I, I've never felt any other way. I mean, my kids are brown, their lives matter. Your life matters, my life matters, all lives matter. And, and what I didn't understand, Darren, was that we can't skip over steps in the process get to all lives matter. We're skipping over steps in the process by doing that. Specific, I mean, specifically, what do you mean by that? Like, what, what steps do you feel like we're skipping over? Well, we got to take care of this thing first so that we can get to the All Lives Matter group go-forward movement. Mm -hmm. All Lives Matter isn't a movement. That's the goal. Right, right. And we're not there yet. We got to take care of this thing. We got to catch up in this area where we as a country and as a society have been so deficient so that we can heal from that and move forward together. And it, it took... You know, some coaching from a friend that I hadn't spoken to in years. Uh, I used to play in a band when my kid was small and her kid was small and kids kind of grew up together. So someone that I knew very, very well, just hadn't spoken to in about 20 years. And she called me out on it. She said, man, you, you need to think about what you're saying here. I said, really? Wow, that's pretty strong. So I started talking to people and said, hey, what do you think? You know, what don't I understand? Because here's where I'm coming from. I'm passionate about this. I want to do something, but I need to do it properly so that I'm not fighting against myself or fighting against other people in this movement, right? So as I started to talk and, and learn from other people, I realized, man, uh, I've missed the boat a little bit here. You know, we can't get to the all lives matter until black lives matter. And if one group of people's lives matter a little bit less than everybody else's, Darren, we're not there yet. So, so you never had these conversations before? Not in that context, no, because I've always been in such a diverse group. Um, I mean, you know my wife and kids, right? I mean, yeah. our families have been together. <clears throat> uh, I've always had um, that diversity around me to where everything was very open and free-flowing. So, no, I never really zoned in on that particular theme in the context in which we are now, and I think that's something that was missing for all of us. So what do you think the first time you ever heard the word, the term Black Lives Matter? Like what actually went through your mind? The very first thought that came into my head was what? All lives matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was the very first thought that came to my head. Well, of course, Black Lives Matter. So does mine. So does my children. So do my friends that are Hispanic. So are my friends that are Asian. I mean, what do you mean? And that's why I had to go through that process of, self-actualization and, and meditation almost going, wait a minute, you know, what am I missing here? And as I did that over the course of time, and it wasn't, you know, overnight, it was over the course of a few days, maybe a week or so, uh, I just started to realize, wait a minute, we got, we can't step over steps in this process. If we're going to get 
to the All Lives Matter group, let's go forward. We got to take care of this first. And once I realized that, it, it really was like a weight was lifted off of me, man. It, it's hard to describe. It's like when you finally are able to take that in and it becomes real to you, uh, it's a very liberating kind of feeling that I wish more people would take the time to look for because it's worth the time. Yeah, and I think there's some instruction in that too, right? So that's one of the things I wanted to get out of this conversation was how does somebody else have that same, go through that same process, right? Like what do they do to, to start to think through the stages that you went through, right? Um, so what's some advice you might have for them? Well, I think the first thing is, is you got to be open to another point of view. Uh, we can't be closed-minded about this. We can't assume that we know it all. Uh, we have to talk to people that we know. We have to talk to people that are available to us. Maybe, you know, we're, we're not that close with. Uh, but first of all, we have to be willing to accept the fact that another person's point of view could have value for us. Mm-hmm. I don't know at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is <clears throat> we need to look at how we've conducted ourselves throughout our lives. You and I are pretty close to the same age. I'm 50. Uh, I've lived those 50 years a certain way. And even though I do come from a very multicultural background, I look back on some things that happened in my life where I may have done nothing. And that's not okay. It certainly isn't okay moving forward. So we, we all could benefit from that soul searching. And it doesn't matter. White, black, it doesn't matter. We can all benefit from that self-actualization process. And and, you know, the last thing I would say about that is, it's kind of funny. You remember in eighth grade, we talk about Henry Maslow's hierarchy of needs, oh, right? Oh, yeah. We all remember that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of goofy and weird, but we all remember it. But what's at the very top of that period, of that pyramid? Self-actualization. It isn't money. It isn't power. It isn't uh, all the things that we take for granted in society. It's self-actualization. We have to be comfortable with who we are first before we can move forward and grow as individuals. So even if you don't get to the place where you're asked to do a podcast with a friend of yours that you really respect and admire, the self-actualization is something that's going to be good for you anyway. Thank you so much, brother. Um, I would say that this has been very enlightening for me. Um, One of the things that I want to make sure that we do is, is, you know, as I mentioned, when we were talking about doing this was have a really open conversation and I actually uh, learned way more than I expected from this conversation. So I really do appreciate it. Anything you think I can help with? Uh, I hope to be invited back myself. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. 